Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. On this podcast, we share stories and conversations around spiritual care, companionship, and contemplative practice across a diverse range of traditions and experiences. Spiritual companions support others on their spiritual journeys through life. Spiritual companions are welcoming and present with those they companion, listening and responding without judgment. And spiritual companions are contemplative and honor silence as a spiritual practice. You can learn more about our work at our website, sdiworld.org. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. Do you or the people you companion long for relationships that are based not only on mutual respect, but also mutual reverence? Do you or those you companion ever find it difficult to navigate issues of gender and sexuality within your religious or spiritual traditions? And are you or those you companion uncertain of how to be in relationship with women and or men since the Me Too movement began? If you answer yes to any of these questions, you will appreciate the dialogue we have in this podcast conversation with Will Keepin and Cynthia Bricks as they discuss the workshops they lead on gender equity and reconciliation, which they will be offering as a one-day intensive on April 22nd, 2020 in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is the day before our conference on spiritual companionship for our times. Frederica Helmier and I had an amazing conversation over web conferencing software with Cynthia and Will, two leaders in the inner spiritual movement and in spiritual healing. Cynthia and Will are co-founders of the Gender Equity and Reconciliation International Institute, which has conducted 120 trainings in nine countries. Here's how they describe their one-day intensive workshop for our upcoming conference. Spiritual companions of all ages and faiths routinely encounter gender injustice, and in particular, significant challenges between women and men in their practices. The Me Too movement has increased awareness of gender conflicts, sexual harassment and exploitation, and patriarchal oppression. But how can these naughty challenges be addressed in practical terms? This workshop introduces Gender Equity and Reconciliation International, or GERI, which has developed an innovative methodology for healing and reconciliation between women and men, inspiring examples of remarkable healing and reconciliation between the sexes will be presented from Jerry's application in Christian, Buddhist, and Hindu communities. Experiential exercises are included to give participants a first-hand taste of this transformative process. Lately in our podcast, we have been running conversations with various workshop presenters for our upcoming Santa Fe conference. 
And in this episode, our events and journeys director, Frederica Helmier, talks with Rabbi Carla Howard, who is the founder and executive director of Jewish Healing Center of Los Angeles. Rabbi Howard combines rabbinic ordination with a unique background of pre-medical studies, clinical work in women's medicine, and midwifery. Rabbi Howard is on the faculty of UCLA's David Geffen School of Medicine, the Academy for Jewish Religion, and sits on the Bioethics Committee of Santa Monica UCLA Medical Center. She's published numerous articles and lectures on spiritual care and end-of-life issues to both lay and medical organizations in the U.S. and internationally. The website for Jewish Healing Center of Los Angeles is jhcla.org. Rabbi Howard's workshop is titled Counseling Communities Through Mass Tragedy. What can leaders of faith communities do when tragedy strikes their community? How can we prepare for the spontaneous eruption of disaster, which by its very definition strikes us unaware? This workshop will cover disaster impact and recovery models, what makes us effective as community leaders, understanding our roles and its limitations, and how we take care of ourselves in order to be there for others. This workshop can still be signed up for if you are registered for our conference, which is coming up April 23rd through 26th, 2020. You can find out more about the conference on our website, sdievents.org. And now here's Frederica's conversation with Rabbi Carla Howard. Well, why don't you begin by telling me a little bit about what it is that that you do, Carla. Tell us about your um, spiritual direction practice and the Jewish Healing Center in Los Angeles. So, my spiritual direction process, that, that was your first question. So, very interesting, and I'm quite embarrassed because I have been researching. Um, my spiritual direction process began, I've been searching through my, my files and archives to get the name of my wonderful spiritual director, who I have not been, <laughs> whose name I have not been able to locate. She was a uh, um, uh, uh, pastor trained at Fuller Theological Seminary. And when I was working, I was still in rabbinical school. I did spiritual direction with this wonderful woman in Los Angeles and um, was very moved by the process. That was, at that point, I was working with um, uh, a Matifta, a center for contemplative Judaism in Los Angeles, and I was in rabbinical school. And working on my own spiritual evolution while training and then going to rabbinical school. So it was lovely to be able to have another outside from a different denomination exposure to the life of the spirit. And that was my first my first training. And then as I went prior to rabbinical school and as I began working with my my mentor, Rabbi Jonathan Omerman, and becoming involved more as staff with the um Ju- with Matifta, the Center for Contemplative Judaism. And then um then my own path evolved uh taking what I had learned from spiritual direction and applying it to spiritual counseling and pastoral care. Mm-hmm. Uh, post rabbinical school 
um, while in the midst of doing my second only wedding, I received a call from a local hospital to um, that they needed someone to provide pastoral care to a interfaith couple that had been dealing with many years with infertility and now they were in the neonatal ICU at a local hospital and they were having to disconnect their newborn premature daughter from life support. So that was literally my first pastoral care call post ordination from rabbinical school. And I realized that this large city of Los Angeles, which has the second largest Jewish community outside of New York, um, had no spiritual care um, for unaffiliated Jews who had nowhere to turn in these moments of crisis. If they weren't, as the saying goes, churched, who did they have for clergy to turn to at these crisis moments? Who would mm. anticipate, you know, that that at this horrible juncture of their life, they had nowhere to turn. And thus began the the um, concept for the Jewish Healing Center of Los Angeles. It initially began with doing end-of-life care. It was Jewish Healing. It was Jewish Hospice Project. And it evolved once we realized that spiritual care was something that people needed. Every juncture of their life, potentially, we expanded it to Jewish Healing and Hospice Center. But we've been around since 2001. This is our 18th. And 18 is a really significant number in Judaism. It's the number high, which means to life. So this is our 18th year hmm. dealing with death, dying, and spiritual crises. Um, and we're in the Los Angeles. We're based in Los Angeles, but we do uh, FaceTime, Skype, phone conferencing internationally, nationally, and people call us from all over when they when they feel like they need our particular brand of spiritual care. Mm. What a beautiful offering, Carla, for the Los Angeles community and, and beyond. Uh, and can you tell me a little bit more about the, the types of, um, of suffering and of traumas that you and your colleagues typically encounter and, and typically offer companionship around through the Jewish Healing Center? Since we began with hospice, that's end of life, that has its own particular brand of um, anticipatory grief. It has a whole process up to the time that one loses one's loved one. And then post that is the bereavement process. So that's, since a good part of our offering is end of life care, that forms a large chunk of what we do. That being said, once people begin to develop a language around that, they realize that they can have spiritual guidance and counseling and conversations around any other juncture in their life, be it mm. marital relationships or any kind of relationships or gender identity issues, anything that brings us into crisis. Um, the, the vocabulary becomes the vocabulary of the participant and the, and the director, and it evolves and is new each time two people sit in a holy communion with each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Carla, for the, the workshop that you are offering at our SDI conference next April in Santa Fe uh, is specifically around counseling communities. So, so how do you take a group of people um, 
into and through and, and out of and beyond some kind of a tragedy. And you talk a little bit about how when, when that strikes, it's these tight bonds of community and togetherness that people really, really need to lean on in those moments. Does, in your exper experience, um, what, what are some of the, the tools or some of the practices that you have found that work when you're not just counseling an individual through a specific life event, but you're counseling a congregation or a neighborhood or, or a, a large group of people through some kind of collective trauma? So the, the project, it's now an offering of the Jewish Healing Center of Los Angeles. It's uh, called, we call it the Compassion Project, Counseling Communities Through Mass Tragedies. So it evolved, um, it evolved when um, a, a year ago, the um, uh, Rabbinical Assembly, which is the conservative with a small C, not politically. The conservative arm of the Jewish, um, uh, conservative wing of, of, of the Jewish uh, family in the in worldwide was having a gathering of international clergy. And they were looking for offerings of teachings and within the wheelhouse of meditation, spiritual counseling, end of life, all the different things on the menu. You know, we, we were discussing what would be of, greatest use to the clergy members worldwide. And given the fact that we're living in insane times where synagogues, churches, mosques, schools, concert hall places, shopping malls uh, are now hunting grounds for the unhinged of our society, um, they asked me to offer this course about how to counsel communities through mass tragedy. So the preparation to offer this course to spiritual leaders in communities, be they clergy or spiritual director, whoever is called first responders, who is ever called to mobilize at a crisis, um, has many similarities to crisis of the individual at a given moment with the loss of a loved one, but it has the solace that it's collectively and the horrors that it's collectively. Those are two different pieces. One, if I'm part of a mass tragedy, I have fellow travelers. Immediately at the second that any bomb goes off, I'm part of a community who's suffering. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to my own private tragedy, I have a community. At the same time, how does my own individual spiritual crisis and moments of grief, how does that become uniquely mine in a mass tragedy. Mm. So those are some of the things that we explore. It's, um, it's a, this workshop is didactic and uh, it's experiential, interactive, and it's, and the goals of how we do this collective counseling are gonna be modeled by the workshop. So the second the participants come into the workshop, they're gonna be um, ab absorbing tools as a participant of of how one might lead a community through these types of workshops. Did you know that SDI organizes travel experiences? We call these SDI journeys. SDI has been leading passionate travelers on spiritual journeys around the world for over 25 years. Not just vacations, but truly exceptional trips filled with inspiring and enriching experiences. 
We have upcoming journeys planned for 2020 in Iona, Scotland, and an Ignatian journey through Spain. Explore our site to find out more, sdijourneys.org. That's sdijourneys.org. And now, here's part two of our conversation. So things that issues that will come up is how do we ensure privacy in a group setting? Hmm. Um, how do we, how do we, the things I just mentioned, how do we ensure that an individual is addressed in a collective tragedy? How do we create a clear focus of what the goals of any um, healing process is going to be in a group space? And how do we create safe space? Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, what do leaders of faith communities do when tragedy strikes their community? And how, what do we what playbooks do we use from first responders? And in, in developing this workshop, I did a lot of interviews with people who survived mass tragedies, be they um, fires that burned out entire communities or floods or shootings. Um, so I spoke with first responders. I spoke with survivors of these events to find out um, best practices. Mm-hmm. So this workshop is going to cover types of disaster, disaster impact and recovery models, what makes us effective as community leaders, understanding, really important, understanding our role and its limitations, mm-hmm. and how we take care of ourselves in order to be there for others. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it will be a, a very um, important and meaningful and probably sobering experience, um, but, but really valuable for anyone who finds themselves in a, a spiritual companionship role to uh, have some tools to know what to do when this happens, as it almost always, I imagine, happens very unexpectedly. That, that therein, therein lies the rub. How do we prepare for the unexpected, you know, and uh, meet it with, uh, with our toolkit and stay open to whatever the specific specifics of that particular, you know, um, event requires. Carla, in your, in your work, in your teachings, are you encountering folks who are suffering from the anxiety, the deep anxiety of expecting or fearing to be caught up in some sort of a collective mass violent or, or traumatic uh, experience at some point? Is that something that you're seeing more and more? <laughs> I'm smiling because most people are caught up in major and most people that I encounter on every level from social to professional are in tremendous anxiety, but not for the reasons that you're, you're mentioning at this moment. Well, these are such fraught and insane times politically and worldwide. I mean, you can focus on local news, you can focus on national news and you can focus on worldwide anywhere you turn. We're in, tumultuous times worldwide. Something is, major shifts are happening. So people's anxiety levels, you don't have to, they're, they're rising by this, by the pulse of what our society and, and what the world and what the planet is going through on ecological, on, on almost every level we look, it's, the times are fraught and challenging. So I have yet to say people say, oh no, you know, we're not going to the mall tonight or let's not go to this movie because it could, uh, uh, you know, uh, the un- a person who's unhinged can come out. No, I, people, the generalized anxiety is so, uh, 
pervasive right now that I think it just is a big umbrella for everything and it doesn't and people the fact that we've normalized that places that we go to for our daily routine our hunting grounds is 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 we've normalized that mm. we've normal oh your kids we have the active shooter drills at our children's schools oh well, there's not a lot else to say about that that's that's moving in the in the wave of the times that we're in which are so they defy belief at, at, on many levels, don't you think? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I think that's pervasive. I think everybody has that on their own personal level. You can do your deep meditation work, and it's for me. If I do that deep meditation work, that that angst is barely below the surface mm -hmm. for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Carla, can you offer something to the folks who are listening to this podcast who either may not be able to attend your workshop in Santa Fe or who are just looking for um, some, some kind of takeaway for what, what we might do if we find ourselves all of a sudden in a position where we are um, asked to counsel or companion or, or, or just sit with someone or a group that's gone through something um, horrific and may or may not be sort of trained in this. I'm imagining that um, I, I would like to, in that moment, be able to recall, you know, one thing that I can, that I could do or that I could say um, for individuals in that community, in that space um, the first thing that comes to mind for me, which, as I understand it, is sort of like the, the number one principle of pastoral care is, is do no harm. Do not, you know, do not make it worse. And, and that's, um, it's not always very comforting because I don't always know what is harming uh, and what may or may not make it worse. But is there something that you could offer me or you could offer our listeners to take away in case we find ourselves in this moment? What's one thing we could, we could do or we could say or we could offer in that space? Well, I'm going to go to the much more mundane is first to say that www.jhcla.org connects you to the Jewish Healing Center Los Angeles. We are because we deal with end of life, 24 hour responders, 24 seven responders. Mm -hmm. So if a colleague finds themselves in that, they can in real time uh, have support and counseling and processing through reaching one of our staff. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. And I think when you talk really, really beautifully about the principle of do no harm, I'm, I moved to the, the wisdom of one of my teachers, who's a teacher of Zen Buddhism, and she's Jewish, and uh, she wrote a book of the same title, Don't Just Do Something, Sit There. Huh. Uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Borstein um, wrote that lovely book. And um, I think as a beginning place, and we're going to actually do in, as I said, the, the workshop has, uh, is going to be uh, interactive and experiential. And we're going to do exercises about what that means to not move to the cure. Yeah. But sit in the, sit in the process. And, and that's hard for all of us because we're called to this work because we want to ease pain and and uh, companion, you know, a fellow traveler, and we and we and I guess the default button of 
sitting and being with is the is a quick takeaway. Other than that, I have so much material in the workshop that it's really hard for me to think of one thing. But I think do you I think you hit the nail on the head. Do not harm comes from learning, becoming a, a um, an adept student in the moment of something you've never w waded into. Waters that it seem deep and dark, that you become that you become uh, the focused student. And learn what's learn learn the roads out of the darkness by your teacher, who's the person in front of you, who's just walked through something you hope never to have to walk through yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, Carla, it sounds like you're offering us all something that we either um, need right now, or have needed, or will need uh, in the future in order to um, to to walk alongside and sit alongside folks who are discerning around the divine in their lives. And as we discern that for ourselves and we swim in these waters of deep anxiety and um, trauma that is very, very close at hand or has lodged itself inside our own bodies and uh, grateful for people like you who are offering um, guidance through this landscape. Um, for folks who are joining our conference in Santa Fe, Carla's workshop is going to be offered on Saturday afternoon and the second slot, so 4 to 5.30 p.m. And for folks who are not able to join us in Santa Fe, Carla, could you share one more time your website and where people can learn more about you and your work? www.j, H is in Harry, C is in Charles, L is in Louis, A is in apple.org. Those are the call letters for Jewish Healing Center, Los Angeles. Our phone number is area code 310-277-1550-310-277-1550. And we are 24-7. Great. Well, thank you, Carla. I'm grateful that you took some time to join us for our podcast this week. Thank you. I look so look forward to being together in Santa Fe and to... Um, welcoming anybody who feels um, the need or the calling to reach out to us if they can't be present. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. To learn more about spiritual companionship and ways that you can plug in and join our community, visit us at our website at www.sdiworld.org. Thank you. Blessings and peace on your day, and may you share blessings and peace to others. Thank you.